0: ladies and gentlemen, beautiful people all over the world. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. This is Diesel and Reeser. My name is Stefan Diesel. And I'm Jeffrey Reeser. And we are a film podcast. We're joining the massive uh, ocean of Podcasts in the world, um, but ours is special, or or we hope ours is the best. It's <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we are we are aiming to create something really unique. Um, we basically discuss two movies, um, one from contemporary cinema and another from a different time time period uh, in the past. Both which have some similarities and differences, but um, for the most part, we you know we see some some unique some uniqueness that we can compare and contrast and see how the medium is continuing to evolve.
1: Yeah. Um, And today we are discussing Batman films. The new Matt Reeves movie, the Batman Mm -hmm. was released uh, what last Wednesday. Yep. Um, So this is fresh. We decided let's kick off our podcast with talking about what's happening now. And, um, and we figured that the, Maybe the best one. That's probably the most di- different slash similar is Batman Returns because it's dealing with two of the same supporting characters, uh, Catwoman and the Penguin, mm-hmm. which are so with completely different interpretations of those of those characters in both movies. Yes, yes.
0: Um, Batman Returns, Tim Burton.
1: Yes, Batman Returns, Tim Burton, nineteen ninety two. So I mean, let's let's start with with that one because I mean that's a fascinating film, and uh, we have today as our guest Justin Johnson, yes. uh, who is yes. a close friend of Stefan's. it's Justin Johnson here. Um,
2: glad to be a uh, guest on the podcast. Um, this evening. What's the podcast called, by the way?
0: Diesel and Research.
2: Diesel and, and Research.
0: Yeah, it's our last names.
2: All right, all right. Now it's Diesel, Reese and Johnson. Wait, no, should, Johnson should be first. Johnson and Johnson and Uh-oh. Diesel and Reaser. The
0: The, the, the Jays the are combating. The Jays are combating now. <laughs> um, J- you know, JDR, yeah. Because, because you two are such good friends of mine, I, I have to just start this thing off by saying that, like, when I was six years old, and this is just why I'm so obsessed with Batman, when my folks are going through a divorce, One thing my dad and I would always watch, and we'd record all of the Batman animated series on cassette tapes. And we had dozens of cassette tapes of all the episodes that we would record from, um, God, I forget where it aired. I think it was like on WB or something like this, but, uh, we'd record all of them. And then, um, and then for Christmas, I got all these Batman toys. I got like the cape, the I got the costume, I got all these incredible like Batman paraphernalia and and just dope dope like Batman um, uh, 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 artwork and stuff. And they filled my whole entire car with it. And I remember we were having a party at my aunt's house, and it was New Year's. And someone broke into the car that New Year's and Whoa. stole all of the things.
2: <laughs> what? He stole God.
0: all of the things and this was like literally story. the same year that like my mom and dad were like splitting and my dad was like going to the army in Germany and then the one thing that I had was like all these Batman, uh, you Holy know, the, these, all, all these pieces of, of Batman's legacy oh. in the car, you know, like these childhood toys and hey, um, artifacts, sure. the stuff got stolen and, um, it's ever since then, I've just had such a deep longing for Batman and the work, the work created by, uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger. And, um, I'm, I'm so excited to talk about that today with you guys.
1: Yeah. I want to get more into that about what Batman means to you and what it means to people in general, because I like, I like Batman a lot, but it doesn't have, like, it's not my thing per se if any of the superheroes kind of resonate with me emotionally it may be the x-men mm. but i'm not a comic book guy i've never read i don't think i've ever read a comic book besides maybe like tintin or hellboy or something like that or like watchmen but like those are of it i've never read a superhero
0: comic i don't think ever wow Yeah,
2: i don't think i honestly i can't think of one off the top well i've read hellboy
0: i i actually think we can actually go into the just like talking about just the meaning of Batman, I think for, for our society, because both of these films came out at such integral times in society. And it's interesting what Batman meant to the culture at the time that Tim Burton's movie came out, which was, remind me, Jeff, what when when did, when did Batman returns come out? Uh,
1: 92.
0: So 92. Wow. You know, so, I mean, this is Clinton era, right?
1: He would have just been starting, yeah. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, we're talking Clinton era, and the world's in an interesting place, you know? I, I think, like, kind of coming out of uh, Bush... Yeah, the crack era. Yeah, coming out of the crack era and Bush Sr. And it's like uh, the 90s were such a time. It's so jovial, you know? And it's interesting, you know, that um, I watch Batman Returns, and the meaning of Batman isn't as important as just the iconography. As sure. I'm watching that movie, there really is no moment where he discusses what Batman means to society and this, this, and that. It's just the the iconography of the hero is more important. And even like everything is just so, there's so much clarity in his symbols the sky. You're
1: talking about Batman Returns.
0: Yeah, and, and Batman Returns. Yeah. It's. It, the iconography is so specific and and clear, but there's never there's never this massive discussion of of why we need a superhero. It's just no. it's like we're just ushering in the kind of beauty and allure of this character. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, and I think that's you know that speaks to the the Tim Burton. I think you know his style is very much kind of like this dark, whimsical type of uh feeling regardless of like what film he, he does, like he definitely heavily brings that aspect into it. And I think as a director, I don't see him as someone that is really trying to um, dive into like, as you said before, the iconography of what Batman is, or, you know, not just Batman, but like humanity itself. And what aspect of humanity does Batman represent? And what does that mean within this metropolis that is crumbling down and how does that relate to society itself? So I don't I don't think Tim Burton is that type of director
1: well the story is focused on in my mind it's completely focused on the villains if you consider Catwoman a villain which she kind of is in this oh and absolutely
0: like, her origin yeah
1: it's completely about Shrek and the penguin I would argue the penguin's almost the protagonist of the story yeah. mm. I feel like there's more screen time like collectively it feels like about seventy percent of the movie is on those characters rather than Batman and also and I do feel like there is a sense of Gotham and and what's going on in that city and 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 then how the penguin affects it and even though it's very like cartoonish, there's some thematic weight there even- and then batman Batman's just this cool like icon that yeah. swoops in and makes everything you know he like fixes stuff but he doesn't have a, there's no moral gravity to this batman no. like he's he's a good guy but they don't they don't emotionalize batman at all and i don't think they do in the first tim burton batman either which i'm honestly not a huge fan of but like it's not emotionally indulgent in in that way in the in the way that Nolan des- decided to make Batman, and then Matt Reeves, in a way, took to the next level, but we can get to that later. But if you're talking about what Batman means, I would argue that in all of them there's still th- what's pervasive is Gotham being a a fucked up, corrupt, twisted place in one way or another, and then Batman trying to make things right, and yeah. this symbol being like, uh, a beacon of hope for people, whether it's explored eloquently or not, is still a theme pervasive in all of those movies.
0: Yeah, if there was one thing I'd say, maybe the first Batman Tim Burton did might have had more of. Because in this movie, I, I don't even remember there being a scene where the public was like, "Oh, you know," where, where you could at least even get the the awe inducing and the support for for this vigilante it wasn't even like like it's a bird it's a plane it's Batman yeah yeah you shit. know like there's yeah. not even like his presence isn't really commented on that much in the movie right it's yeah. not like a huge deal um, it's
1: almost like they take him for granted as like like a cop or something like he's just part of the fabric of society right. which, yeah. I, which i kind of bought but i agree with you yeah
2: yeah but you know i think most superheroes represent hope in some way. I think what makes Batman unique is it it represents the the ingenuity of man. Whereas Batman doesn't have any powers, every other superhero has powers. And the way that he tackles all his conflicts is, and even, you know, the fact that he has all this money, but the way he uses money versus like the way he could use the money. I think what he represents is what man could be and 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 the possibility of man and how nothing can, can stop man from achieving whatever its goals are. And, and, Mm. you know, especially when you stack them up to other heroes, like, you know, when you talk about the Justice League and they compare them to gods, and then you look at Batman standing next to him, he's the only actual man there. Everyone else is a God in some shape, way or form. But because what Batman represents is not just hope, but also the fact that man can still stand up to the gods with our ingenuity and and, and and with our resolve, and we're capable of doing things that it seems like we would not be capable of doing. So when I look at, you know, Batman films, yes, he's also giving Gotham hope, but like also the way that he, you know, deals with conflict and every time he gets knocked down, he gets back up. Like that and him just being a human, but even at the peak of, of, of you know, human ability, like still there's a weakness in him that, you know, I think a lot of other, well, most other heroes don't have the same way Batman has, and I think that's what what why people are so attached to Batman because in some way, you know, we all could be Batman. Whereas, um, at least the main DC heroes, most yeah. of them, you cannot be them ever. But if you have enough money and you <laughs> right. and you do enough <laughs> well, that's training, part of the problem. Problem. That, yeah. And you You're can not, do all <laughs> these things. You could potentially be Batman but there's no way you're going to you be the flash you never right. have super speed you're never going to be superman you can't fly you know can't be wonder woman you don't have super strength like all these other aspects of what you're all you need
1: are. is super mm-hmm. all you need is super money basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: that that would be the only thing i think about the chris nolan series and this is just okay we're bouncing around a little bit but okay. but like it, i would i was just, just bringing up just that point which is that money aspect of being a billionaire Anyone cannot be Batman unless you have those resources. If you don't have those resources, yeah. I mean, you're you're you know, you you are Robin at best. You but know? you could
1: take maybe what part of what Justin's saying is that you can still use your resources toward good if you want. Batman's efforts could also be your efforts even though you may not be able to do as much damage right. or good. But <laughs> um right. but also at some point during during watching the Batman, I was thinking about this. The storylines and villains that a lot of these uh, Batman stories use are um, are about corruption, and I feel like that's yeah. It's, it's fairly. It's it's. I'm not sure if it's common as much in other comic book things, but I feel like there's it's more focused on. I guess more like mundane aspects of a villainy. And then when you get to stuff like Superman or like the Avengers, it's all about this like global. Alien. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It's like, we've got these aliens that are trying to destroy the entire planet. And like, honestly, what's more interesting to me is like the guy who's trying to build a power plant that will like steal all the resources. Like it's a little bit of a smaller, it's a, to me, it's a more relatable evil because it's pervasive and, and to, and it's actually more subversive in general to say we're going to make a movie about American greed, you know? Yeah. And, like, it feels like a very regional thing. It's like this is, this is about how there's corrupt people, you know, in New York or Chicago or L.A. or wherever that are screwing people. And then it takes – it's not so much about vigilantes. Like, there's – yeah, vigilantes will stop petty crime maybe. But what's more interesting is vigilantes who will stop corruption. Mm-hmm. And it's like – and then the idea of having – a very rich powerful superhero is like like he's a guy who could be fucking over everyone. Wayne Enterprises could be fucking over uh Gotham, you know, they could be Amazon or worse or, or whatever. But instead, you know, he we get the sense that he's trying to do do good. And it's it's also f- like this is a slight tangent, but I just realized this. We never really see sorry, what's it called? Wayne Enterprises right what the fuck does wayne enterprises do like in most <laughs> in in most batman stories and like do they do anything good like are they a philanthropic organization at all because clearly wayne's like he you know he he seems like he wants to do do right by the people but wayne enterprises just continues on as this like evil monopoly but then personally he makes sure to go out and and try to take care of people and like protect people just food for thought.
0: Yeah, I I, I will. Do, you you hit the nail on the head with the this story of how every Batman movie always comments on corruption that's like bubbling underneath, that's pretty hidden in the shadows that 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 we may not that we may be overlooking. And Batman Returns and the Batman both explore that, I think, yeah. pretty well. Uh, you know, in in their respective genre tones. But yeah, I mean, the Batman is 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 the Batman actually does what you're saying, which is the whole mystery of that detective story is uncovering how Bruce Wayne's family legacy is tied to a corrupt philanthropic organization that That's true. is is contributing uh, yeah. what 1 billion to orphans and then and then that 1 billion ends up feeding Falcone's uh, uh, Carmine Falcone's empire and now he runs the city and then similarly with the with Batman Returns I mean Penguin is is literally made because he's this he was born a disfigured disfigured child and his parents just sent him off and he became this orphan who grew up in ice and becomes this monster who, who uses that that story to pull on the heartstrings of people of Gotham so that well, he can win the election. Because
1: of the Max Fret character. Yes. He, I, and I love how they, how they take this guy
0: who's the
1: most ostensibly unappealing person. And then somehow everyone falls in love with his story. And then they're like, how can we like, how can we resist your, your charm and charisma? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, I, I love the duality of that, how he's like the most repellent person, but yet he gets everyone to fall in love with him and then and, and then there's that scene where he like bites the guy's nose and it
0: starts bleeding <laughs> yeah and max track is like
1: all right back to work back to work everyone <laughs> that
0: was sick that, that was, was sick. wild. that was really wild
2: well i think Stefan was talking about like the corruption in the shadows but i feel like it's it's not about corruption in the shadows i feel like one of the things that they talk about in batman often is is how corrupt it is out in the open like everyone right. knows it's corrupt mm, and okay, every right. aspect of everything is corrupt and yet yes, batman works in the shadows but mm. the corruption is is so obvious that people feel it's hopeless to do anything about it and they've yeah. just accepted it for what it is the corruption it's not any individual person anymore but it's more of a force of nature and how do you fight a force of nature
1: that's
0: right that's right
1: By becoming the shadows. By becoming the shadows. I'm not just in the shadows. I am the shadows.
0: (laughs) Fear (laughs) is a tool. Um, You know, I I, got to say, if there's one thing about the Batman that really hooked me in was like that opening, the opening like five, ten minutes, I actually, that was something that like I felt like I hadn't really ever seen, which was what does it? feel like to be a criminal where there is this being around lurking in the shadows who who does invoke fear like that and that opening sequence oh reeves i'm gonna give i'm gonna give it to you for that because how there's like the shoplifter
1: who then sees the like sees the batman's coming and then (sighs) yeah like the fear of the petty criminal yeah that was that was nice. I mean, I, yeah. The that sound, was
0: really nice. this, you know, like just just like the slow pan over and then dollying into a shadow and then cutting between like four different scenarios and not knowing which one he's going to pop up in. <laughs> yeah. You know, great. that was that was really fire. I think the closest anyone had ever come to that, to just like making me feel a sense of that same fear, directorially, I would say that the closest anyone came to that, was actually, I think, in Batman v Superman. Uh, not you know, Zack Snyder, there's a moment where they're going down to rescue these orphans underground. Or not orphans, um, I think they might have been sex workers or something, but they're all behind bars and then they're all like speaking. I forget what, what language it's in, but they're speaking and they're like, the devil is here, the devil is here. And then the the police are going through the basement and then like the camera's just like, you know, it's handheld and it's following them from their perspective and they're looking for him and you just see in in like blurry hanging from the ceiling, you see Batman and you just see him like fly up into the ceiling. And I remember like being very startled and scared in that moment, but I, I loved the horror aesthetic in the opening of the Batman that I thought, I thought that was really, really, really cool.
1: Yeah, you make me want to give Batman v Superman another shot because I couldn't get past like the childhood (laughs) origin story. I was like, I was like, I do not want to see Zack Snyder doing the, like, like his parents getting shot and like three minutes in, I just fucking turned it off. I was like, I I can't do this. Right. But, um, no, I, I agreed. I, there were things about that opening that were really strong. I thought the VO was kind of corny, like, to be honest, but you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it didn't, it wasn't a deal breaker or anything.
2: I didn't mind the voiceover. It felt, it it felt like he was, pulling his inspiration from like a different era of film that would have that voiceover similar to like a watchman. And, um, and I felt like that voiceover added to that, that old school noir detective type of vibe to it.
1: I, I liked, I liked the idea of it. I just didn't think, I just thought what he was saying and how he was saying it was like a little bit, it just didn't quite work for mm-hmm. me, but I, I, I think in spirit, I'm, I'm down for it. And I agree, and I mean, if we're since we're we're on the subject, yeah, I think in- my favorite thing about the Batman was how much it committed to the detective noir yeah. genre and style, right. and like that's one thing that that's I feel like has i think he really smartly identified that as the missing aesthetic that's that's just part of Batman, but hasn't been done in a movie yet, really, like Nolan took it for granted, Tim Burton took it for granted, and they went for other avenues to entertain the audience and to sell like for Tim Burton, he sold zany comic book. Yeah. yeah. How would, how would you describe exactly
0: the Tim Burton approach? I mean, is that, would you describe that as an action movie?
1: No, no. I mean, I think I would describe it to me. It's like a comic book like animation come to life or something like that. It's like a child's imagination brought into live action and like, and and to me the hu- and it's interesting the way it uses humor like compare that to you know like what became of like iron man marvel sense of humor where it's kind of like winking like it's a different kind of smarminess there's this like really elaborate comic book aesthetic yeah. that's that feels it feels so far from reality it's a it's a fantasy world but yet he creates these moments with the characters that makes them feel real and adult. And they have like an adult sense of humor and a, and a sense of specificity. We're getting it's clued into like Catwoman, Selena Kyle as a real woman. Like she's, she's in her mid thirties. She's, you know, like she's not married. Like she's neurotic. She's like horny, you know what I mean? Like yeah, she's a, yeah, she's really yeah. there, she's like a it's messy a very woman. sexy.
0: I think there's a lot yeah. of sexual innuendo. Yeah, oh, it's just a lot, very, it's and, very and, sexual. And Batman yeah. Returns, oh my god, you know, yeah. like even I mean, there's there's a moment I even forgot where Danny DeVito sees her. He's like, there goes my favorite pussy, you know, <laughs> and like yeah, and, there, yeah. Like the penguin is so, I mean, in a
1: good way. I think crude. he's fucking creepy. Like he yeah. comes on to like every character in the movie and like makes a very aggressive pass at them and is like disgusting. Yeah. And I love yeah. the thing. And I feel like I was going to say, I remember being a kid and, and just weirdly, I didn't see Batman Returns until like maybe four years ago, like mid twenties. Like for some, like it just kind of in my phase of, being a kid and watching that genre of movies people yeah. were like oh that movie's kind of weird or scary like like they were they didn't say it was bad but they but like when i was really young i feel like people steered me clear of that because of the penguin they were like the penguins fucking weird and creepy and you shouldn't watch that <laughs> 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 and i kind of get it but i think i would have appreciated it as a kid you know
0: wow i i remember i mean i not only did i see the movie but i what I always remembered from that movie and it was funny just seeing it again th- that movie just feels like you said it feels like children's toys come to life that movie is yeah. almost made yes. to be a toy that's why it's I'm, made to be a toy commercial you that's know why I'm mean? pissed off that I didn't see it as a kid because like I had all of those toys I remember having the 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 Batmobile that turned into the little like the little bat uh, I don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. It, it turned from a mobile into like a little hot dog cart <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, can we
1: can we talk about the evolution? I'm sure it's it's been ta- discussed ad nauseum, but like it's just funny how like the shape of the and I looked really quickly at the Joel Schumacher. Uh, Batmobile oh, too, because yeah. I watched a clip from that but like it, yeah it went from this like hot dog shaped bat car thing and then in like bat- Batman Begins it's like the tumbler you know yes. what I mean which is like the to- total opposite and then in this new one it's kind of like halfway between those I guess but it's funny it just wasn't it was not badass at all like looking at it now and, like, seeing him in this, like, kind of, like, long hot dog shaped, like, flow to the ground car. It's like you could not do much damage in that car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can, get, you can get under shit, but you can't, like, really fuck shit up with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, the evolution of the Batmobile. I mean, yeah, like, just going into, like, character design, right? I think, um, I mean, the, the the Batman, the Batmobile is... I just like a dope suited up muscle car, right? Yeah. Like that's, just... that's, how,
1: I think that's how it's done best. Honestly. Mm. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 The tank, the tank, I mean, Chris Nolan made it work, but when you think about it, at least just like in terms of at least creating something grounded, I just, I can't really see, I mean, in a is, is, city
2: too, a yeah. dense city and small streets,
0: like you can't even go through a lot of streets and, you know, like, I mean, even some tunnels and shit, you know, it just wouldn't even fit. But yeah, like the muscle car makes sense. Okay, you know what? Then I think
1: where I'm sitting now, the best, correct me if I'm wrong, but then the best Batmobile is the new one, is the is the Matt Reeves version. Like that was a pretty versatile, intimidating car. Was it not? I mean, it was pretty sick. No, it
2: is. But, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the the Tim Burton Batmobile that's kind of how i think of i even like at Batman the animated series like the Batmobile looks like very much like like a bat and has a lot of like bat elements to it whereas the, the Matt Reeves one is great but also if you just saw it by yourself like by itself would you know it's the Batmobile like
1: no if it wasn't no.
2: attached to Batman like you know a lot of this stuff. Would you know that it's Batman if it, if it wasn't if it didn't say Batman on it? I,
0: I I saw a meme somebody connecting it. You know, like trying to reference Fast and Furious, and easily like if I saw that, and no one told me it was Batman. I think, oh okay, that's Vin Diesel's car in Fast Ten. You know, <laughs> yeah, or
2: Fast 25. Uh, yeah, Fast
0: Twenty Five. Yeah, Fast Twenty Five, especially like considering. <laughs> In the latest Fast 9, they actually drive the cars to space. Yeah. You know, like, so they have these muscle cars that are That's mounted. That's fucking ri- ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> It, they don't actually go to space.
2: They just barely leave the atmosphere. Bro, they go to
0: space, okay? And they drive the car through a satellite.
2: Holy shit. <laughs> That's
1: crazy. I'm so behind on the fast movies. Like, there's a lot. I actually was going back. I had never seen Tokyo Drift, and I threw that on the other night. It was kind of sick. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Tokyo, I, Tokyo Drift to was kind of ill. Like, that actor is horrible, but the movie just works. Like,
0: I mean, so far at least. Oh, yeah. The Tokyo Drift is the one that introduced Tyrese, right? No. No, no, no. no, no. Tyrese says
2: that's that's too fast. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, too fast
0: Where are you? <laughs> Yo, you got to get it together. You
2: got <laughs> <laughs> to get your This,
1: your fast is, this is a movie. This is movie, a, We're here to talk about the Fast series, dude. <laughs> oh
0: god, I'm so I'm so sorry Justin Lin and all those um, you know, yeah, I'm sorry yeah. for you're confusing your movies. But <laughs> Yeah, he didn't even come on until later. You're you're fucking
1: this up. Yeah. The obviously.
0: Batman has the most plausible vehicle? I would say I actually really like the design of the Batmobile in um in Zack Snyder's movie.
1: I thought that was you and Zack Snyder good. need to get a room. This is <laughs> <laughs> I, I got
0: Snyder. I got to watch it. I don't know. Snyder, look, he gets a lot of flack, but I I visually Snyder really like is just gets down to the painstaking detail and i think he understands just this blend of like comic book reality and and aspiration versus like okay like what's the world that we're creating that 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 feels somewhat tactile Mm -hmm. and i like i think that his design is really cool um yeah i mean even even the the bat suit the bat suit in the batman it was pretty cool i mean i mean obviously this is year two And then he he has like i mean even his wrists he doesn't he he doesn't have the he doesn't have those those sharp edges that he has on you know it felt like
2: everything felt very diy
0: yeah yeah super diy in
2: in the batman he he didn't actually feel like a billionaire to me he felt like he maybe had 50 million like he didn't feel that rich what was
1: what was interesting about the batman is that i feel like they made the choice that he didn't work And that he didn't really like that. He was basically just living off of inherited money and had taken a major backseat to Wayne Enterprises. And then he was just basically this like spoiled incel hanging out in his basement. (laughs) And so naturally he's not going to like spend a bunch of extra money. Like he's going to spend like a lot of money, but it's not like, it's not like James Bond level money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that actually
0: kind of worked for me, but it's, it's funny you bring up this thing about the incel. In <laughs> i i i gotta say that was like one thing about the batman that was equal parts like interesting and then also um a little questionable when i've gone yeah it's a little questionable you know like because yeah like the it's been a few days since i've seen it and and you've grown wiser
1: you've (laughs) right (laughs) you've evolved
0: (laughs) (laughs) i've had some time i've had some time and i keep thinking about you know matt reeves kept referencing nirvana frontman uh kurt cobain kurt cobain you know as as being his inspiration for bruce wayne was it and yeah like that that was how he designed wayne manor he wanted he wanted Bruce Wayne to feel like Kurt Cobain just stuck in this massive mansion by himself and even his notebooks, the way that they Bruce right. Wayne's notebooks were designed. It's almost like he even took some of Kurt Cobain's notebooks and used that, you know, so that, that was an interesting approach. It is. And then, and then the, the, the Riddler is pretty much another form of a, an orphaned incel, um, you know, who's basically creating this, following online, the small following of online of, of extremists. Right. And, um, I liked it, but it,
1: (sighs) I, okay, I'll jump, I'll jump in to say that in the end, I felt like I didn't, I didn't totally buy that. Like it was cool because it built the pathos of this guy who would lurk in the shadows, but I also didn't get the sense that this is also the guy who's proactive, badass must fucking train a lot and and yeah. like work out a shit ton in order to be that strong to go after these people. I got that he was smart, I got that he was detail oriented, which all played into the Batman as detective stuff. I got that he spent a lot of time on the computer. I also got the fact that he <laughs> that he uh basically would prefer to spy on on Catwoman via webcam. Yeah, <laughs> in his basement, yeah, rather than <laughs> rather led, than led a, he would be, he, yeah he would prefer to do that than actually like you know have sex with her but you know that's uh, he was given the door was open and he didn't take it so yeah. I'm just saying um, I I I, I mean, agree. was I he a virgin
0: some, I could <laughs>
2: I could training used, sequence a fight training sequence I fight, used, training a fight training was, sequence
1: was essential to me like they yeah. needed that
0: you need to show some level of dis because look being Batman is not just about the money, there is some level of discipline that you need to see. And, and yeah. all, all he focused on was the noir stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, for him to be able to beat 10, 15 guys at a time, I do think that Matt was like, just sitting on the foundation of what people, he's like, all right, everybody's already seen a training montage. And it's like, yeah, but like, but what does your Batman what, do? Yeah, yeah. What does he do? You and know, know, like, does yeah. he swim? You know what I mean? <laughs> <Does he swim? laughs> He's got a murky pool of black water that he does laps in, yeah. You know, um, like, I, it's just its just like, what does he do to discipline himself to make him, A, like, able to withstand these constant beatings? Sh- show me an ice bath, you know, like, anything, yeah. But I agree with you that,
1: and then in the end, we're shown, we're finally exposed who the Riddler is, and then I think part of the concept is that they're supposed to be similar, but are they similar in a way that's interesting? It's like they're both these kind of incel ish characters and they both are against corruption. Yeah. But I don't know. It just didn't It like, and I love the movie, but for the most part, th- that aspect of it did not land as it, well for it, me. I not think like, Justin was like, saying something like that. It
0: really. didn't, it didn't, it didn't, uh, I don't know. There was an onion layer that yeah. wasn't pulled. It was like, I got this, I, I literally got this surface level of being an incel and we're orphans and there's corruption. And of course we would do this, but like, why yes <laughs> you know? why indeed
1: yeah and yeah and i don't know and to me there is something like if you're going to do matt reeves's approach i feel like really leaned on archetype and iconography and if you do that then i think you need to show the elemental differences between good and evil and then if there's no elemental difference really between like what is the difference between the riddler and, and batman Right, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I,
2: I want to see that. I can get with that. You know, one thing when I was watching the movie the whole time, I'm thinking, I'm like, when did his parents die? Like, he was 10? Like, how old is he now? Like, I know you'll 24. never completely get over the trauma, but it, it did feel like I needed something that they needed to show in between of, like, why is he still so upset and moody? Like, I know people where their parents died. They still know how to laugh and have a good time. So, like... What other aspects in his life, and I think same with Rilla's life, that I would like the scene is like, what made them continue to be this way into their adulthood that really solidified into adulthood, exactly?
0: Because they're like thirty at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's not like it would be one thing if the parents died five years ago, but come on, it's it's like thirty <laughs> yeah. years later. Yeah. You know, like Bruce, you
1: got to move on. Okay, you got <laughs> you, you to go to college. Okay,
0: yeah, get a yeah, fucking I, haircut. I, you know, I, I, and yeah. uh,
2: it's for, I think it was like Arkham Asylum, there's like a cut scene where it shows Bruce in multiple stages of his adolescence getting like beat up and knocked down. Oh, like you're talking about up. in
0: the, you're talking about that animated trailer yes. for um, Arkham, um, the Arkham Origins, I think, or yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're talking about the animated trailer for that video game, mm-hmm. which I believe is Arkham Origins, right?
2: it's one of the arkham games but i felt like that was it was a great scene for many reasons but that montage as quick as it was it gave you an understanding of like who batman was and how he ended up to be who who he currently is and um i feel like this needed something like that to really understand like why do you not have any other aspects of your life besides this yeah and like do you enjoy it like but i think that's also matt reeves was i feel like his characters in the film weren't, he wasn't, he was trying to more create like an atmosphere of, right. of what Ga- Gotham is. Yeah. And yeah. Batman is an aspect of that versus like this really, you know, personal character study about, you know, who is Bruce Wayne? Um, yes.
1: However, yes, I I agree with that, I, but I, I will, I will play devil's advocate and say that one thing that, that worked for me about it was that it did show me the fine line between, criminal and like moral vigilante and in the sense the fine line between good and evil and to me and it's like in order to be a thief or sorry in order to catch a thief you have to be able to think like a thief i think i think that the movie touched upon that unless i'm getting confused with something else that i just watched but but like i feel like the movie d- dives into that and that's a key element of like noir in a sense that the you know the line between the cops and the criminals and so so the, the idea that batman would be pathological to me actually does make sense eh. and the fact that batman isn't a cop you know what i mean like he could become a fucking detective or politician and try to like do good by the law but no he's choosing to be a vigilante and take the law into his own hands and that to me and that is very close to criminal behavior because it says I don't trust anyone and i like i don't trust it says that he doesn't trust the system and so i i I did buy that aspect in a sense and in that he was uh, he was obsessive he was pathological and he didn't trust anyone but could they have done more to sell that maybe but 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 i think that's an aspect who batman is exactly and some people are just like that you know yeah so and and to have your parents die like is enough of a of a rubber ducky if you're familiar with that term like that's enough of a thing to motivate th- that as like a character trait but to be honest with you some people are just like that regard even if they're raised well so right I don't know. right yeah
0: exactly i mean yeah i mean I, I i know people personally even in my own family you know who who are similar to that who grew up who still grew up you know with both parents at home and everything and um I, I, you know, one of my major gripes, though, I will say, and this is actually with both movies, as in Batman Returns and the Batman. Okay, yeah, Batman yeah. Returns and the Batman. I think both of those movies lack emotional stakes for me. When I'm watching Batman Returns, Batman's journey. I mean, he's like, like, like you said, Penguin, Cobblepot is meant to be this, is pretty much like the centralized figure. But like, I, I don't really care about Cobblepot. He is the de facto villain. And, and even when he expresses his like emotional story, it's still, it's said in a form of manipulation. And then Batman doesn't really have an emotional arc. I mean, they have the love story with Catwoman, but even that is like, they're playing this like game with each other. And then with the Batman, it, it, it to, to me, it was a similar thing where Alfred is, Alfred is just in the background in scenes, just like, you know, coming up with some answers to some puzzles. And then and then he almost gets killed. And that was the only point in the Batman where I actually felt the weight of emotional stakes was when Alfred was almost blown up by the bomb. And, and this isn't even because the movie establishes Alfred so well as, as a character. It's just more of all the years that I have. Like connected to Alfred as a as a fatherly figure for Batman, yeah. and I was like, "Oh shit!" They're actually going to kill Alfred in this movie, and I I was like so excited for a moment that Reeves was going to do something so bold and so unique that I'd never seen done, and and that would motivate the the entire second half of the movie the bomb blows mm. up and then Alfred's in the hospital and he's got a couple scratches and you know, he's going to be fine. And then right. now Batman's back to whining. And I was like, all right, so I'm watching the second half of this movie because Catwoman's girlfriend's missing. Now,
2: I, I, I can agree <laughs> with that. I can, I can agree with that, that it, it didn't, nothing felt personal for Batman when it came to the antagonist.
1: Yeah. But if uh, yes, I hear that, but also, when you look at detect like detective noir stories, it doesn't always have to be like, you know, his mom got murdered or like some Which crazily. I agree. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just the guy solving a case and then, you know, and then, it and then, Oh fuck, these guys are really bad. I have to do something about it. So I think we, I think Nolan has changed the genre in such a way that we now expect everything to be, with James Bond, they made Skyfall, which was then like, let's really get into who James Bond is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah, like, yeah. and that was a very like Nolan twist on the series. So I feel like we expect that now, especially when we're like re- rebooting, quote unquote, a character. But do we need that in every movie? Like you can't do that. In e- you can't do that in every Batman story. I don't know. I'm just, no. I'm just so, throwing that out
2: there. Oh, yeah, it. well I was saying I, I agree with that. I think and that's when it comes down to preference for this movie is that right. and I think that's also what makes Matt Reeves really so special as a director that he he made a decision and it was a very bold decision. It was a risky decision, but he stuck with it. And I think a lot of people that's not how they see superhero films or even films in general. Today, period. Right. Um that, you know, that's the direction he took. It it, it wasn't necessarily about this personal issue of Batman. He stuck to the genre um very closely. It was about the atmosphere of Gotham and, and how does everyone play into it. Um and, you know, this film would have fit very easily into, you know, these Detective Noir films from like, you know, 30 years ago. But today now it's like people are like, wait, what? This is he's not
1: Well maybe you know, I mean he's not connected
2: to his girlfriend. Like you're not trying to kill like I think people were just kind of confused by that
1: perhaps i mean i'd like to talk to people outside of the no offense to to us but we're all like filmmakers and and i feel like we think in this in this way i would be curious to talk to all kinds of people and see because i mean i don't know maybe the film is being well i don't know how well received the movie is by audiences uh and maybe they're just stoked to see a a well-made batman movie but like i would be curious to know how it's resonating for them because to me to me where the movie resonated first of all it resonated because of the atmosphere and like and i was moved by the atmosphere in a similar way that i that i was with uh, dune you know mm. like dune really moved me atmosphere wise and and the atmosphere clued me into the psychological point of view of the main character and i feel like this movie was very similar and then also like what re- and and what really moved me um, in the Batman was actually that ending finale scene where everything's flooded and then there's all those people trapped behind the, the oh laughter. I love that scene. and then he fucking moves the thing and and brings those people out and then going back to stuff what you were saying with that opening about how it's establishing him as basically it didn't show him training, but it showed him cutting his teeth with petty criminals. And it suggests that this is his first time being a, being a real hero. So I think maybe that's one aspect we're overlooking is that he had never had to really pull out the big guns and like save the city or like save 20 people stuck in a thing until then. And then when he did, it was like this really powerful thing of like, we need heroes. Like, like Some like sometimes we do need someone Stronger to like help mm-hmm. us and he's like the Pied Piper with his with his uh,
2: With the flare yeah, with the flare
1: leading the people through the water It was really powerful and like it was
2: and I really liked that everyone was like afraid of him at first yeah. And the the child was the first person that reached out his hand and once once the kid um, Felt comfortable then all the adults were like, okay, we'll we'll accept you for who you are like once it like, oh, if the child's not afraid of you, then we don't need to be afraid of you. And yeah, how he led them out. Yeah, that was really, I, that was, that was, I, that's like one of my favorite Batman scenes I've ever seen, period. Same, because I felt same. like that was, that was something that the Nolan films was missing far as like his connection to like people individually. And like what, like, I think there's like a level of like,
0: I don't well, know, if, like. Dark, Dark Knight that has had. a scene like that. Dark Knight has, a yeah, scene it has like a
1: c- Yes, it had
2: a
0: scene like that, but it didn't. Con- it In did not th- connect th- me the same it, it, way. It's more. Yeah. It, it's still separate. Dark Knight has a scene like that, and I think the one that I'm thinking of is the one at the end, where it's the two boats and they're they're about to blow yeah. each other up, and then. And then he, and then they don't do it. And then the timer goes off. And then the Joker thought that he won. And then Batman just tells the Joker, "This city just showed you that they're still ready to believe in good, you know." Um, and and then, but this movie was, I, I do think, I, I think it might be the first time, you know, it, it's the first time that you're seeing Batman in the same way you'd see Spider Man. Or Superman, yes, where yes. where you see them literally swoop in, grab the kid, and like pull them out of the fire, the tree, the 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 moving train, and because Batman has never been, he's never been that guy, you know, like he's mm-hmm. it's always more about the fear and taking down the criminal and then <laughs> disappearing.
2: Interesting, mm-hmm. but Jeffrey, you made a great point about comparing it to Dune because I know Stefan loved Dune. And I feel like these films were very similar Mm, that way that I didn't necessarily really feel the emotional arc of the characters the same way that I feel like a lot of other films. But, you know, just like the beauty of what the film is really stood out to this film the same way it stood out in Dune. Yeah. And I know Stefan loves Dune. And I'm curious. I do, I he also do, loves do, I Christopher. I if Christopher I, Nolan made
1: Dune before this, I think he, he wouldn't have loved Denise uh, Dune as
2: much. I, I, I 100% agree. I 100%
0: agree. Church so of I'm Nolan. Church.
2: <laughs> he is part of it. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah,
2: Um. Yeah, so I'm curious how do you reconcile your love for Dune and you question this so much when I feel like they're doing the same thing?
1: Well, it either
0: it either hits you or it doesn't, you know, I mean, <laughs> but I, I mean, don't know. I That's think, a good I question. Think, OK, what I like about Dune particularly is there are some philosophies expressed in Dune, literal philosophies. And I think I might have texted you both uh, my favorite sequence in the movie where it was it's a philosophy that I have never or I've never scene articulated so poetically which was, in a movie which was what and it's the scene where Jamis the helicopter is about to crash with him and his mom and he's like spinning around and spinning around and then there's that magical moment where he starts to have a vision again and Jamis uh he sees that he sees Jamis you know like and he tells him oh god it's such an amazing quote i'm paraphrasing a little bit but he, but he's telling him you know like the mystery of life isn't a problem to solve. It's a reality to experience. We must flow with the process. And to me, like, and then you see the sand and everything. And then in that moment, the character just realizes, I need to stop fighting to learn how to win and to survive and to conquer, you know, fear. I need to just flow with how things are going. And that's how, like, flowing with nature is what will get us out of this, this 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 dangerous situation and dune just had some crazy philosophies the batman visually atmospherically i'm there but i i really there was really no philosophy and and this is probably because batman has been done so many damn times and chris nolan probably has expressed every philosophy that batman could ever have with, with all of his movies that in this movie like even the whole thing like I'm Vengeance, I was like, okay, that's that's kind of cool, but I, I, I've I've already seen and experienced that philosophical trajectory before, and I think this movie didn't surprise me with anything new. Even the whole thing with the incels and the orphans, I was like, okay, I mean, right, you know, like even like even Joker that came out with Joaquin Phoenix, I feel like touched on this whole thing about being an incel and whatnot. So like this movie didn't surprise me. Um right. contextually.
1: You're right, right, right. Yeah, I think it did not have the same literary wellspring to draw from as Dune did. And that helps when you're making a more cerebral type of film. But but what I think Justin and I are saying, and you know, if it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. But for me, the thing that had been missing maybe from other Batman movies that this nailed was finding a way to and it really it it was achieved to me in that final scene which i feel like the whole movie emotionally somehow led up to which is um grounding the iconography and mythology of batman and of superheroes in general into in a into a real human need and it's and that's what i'm always cuz i'm not really a superhero guy and i wonder why people are so obsessed with superheroes and why they're still such a juggernaut for audiences and Uh, and this to me actually answered that question. And it made me like, it made me feel that in a way that kind of made me be like, okay, I'm, I'm shelling out for another superhero movie and I'm, and I'll do it again because it's, it's a fantasy that, that matters. It's like, we still need heroes. You know, we, it's like, we're in this morass of corruption and yet there's this glimmer of, of hope. And I know it's very, and like, maybe, maybe you're, Maybe you understand that already so well, or like you that's already part of your whole like storytelling ethos. but for me it's not so, so it was powerful to, it was powerful to me to see it done in such a simple and bold way. And so, that, so so for that reason, like even though I know it's a very flawed movie, but just for that reason alone, it kind of resonated with me more than any other Batman film
2: personally. You know, i I definitely agree with you in a lot of the points you're making. Um, yeah, I think it was the ending that 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 crescendo of like everything that happened in the film. That was the moment where I felt everything. like before I'm watching it and i'm I'm curious, I'm entertained by the film, but just the way it ended, like that that had a that hit emotionally for me, um as far as like the need for a hero and not just right, you know, instilling fear in the in, in the villains, but also, giving hope to the to the victims
1: yeah it's not it's beyond intellectual it's beyond Mm -hmm. philosophy it's just something it's like food and food water shelter
2: hope (laughs) basically it's like yeah but there wasn't any particular lines you know like what stefan's saying off the top there wasn't any lines in this one that really stuck out to me just everything visually really stuck out to me i i felt like that's where i felt like this this film took a leap into what the future of superhero films could be. Cause I just think as far as like the artistry behind it, I think was very much beyond what most superhero films do. I think it's the best looking super film, superhero film I've ever seen. I think it's taken it further that way, really pushed the genre further. But um, yeah, I, I can't really think of any, any lines like off the top that really like stuck out to me the same way it did in Nolan's films.
1: Yeah, it wasn't the strongest script really. Mm-hmm. And like, I agree with right. you that, Yeah, I think I think I'm more impressed on a writing level with both like a Batman Returns or like the Dark Knight way more because they just they know how to like humanize the characters and bring in all these layers. But I don't know. Ultimately, what am I what am I resonating with in a movie? Sometimes it's just the the atmosphere. I don't know.
2: And that's what I liked about Dune was honestly like was the atmosphere. I can watch that movie over and over again because I'm just so fascinated by that world and being in that world, and I feel like that's what Matt Reeves did in this and yeah. in the Batman is that he made Gotham feel more real and tangible than any other. I think anyone else has ever done Gotham, um, just from just the 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 specificity and the care he took into like small things as far as like the light and the color, and when you look at different stores and and the, the police officers and just every little aspect of it. It's like he really thought about like. This is a real place, and I'm literally just taking a camera and I'm bringing it into a real place um and that's what i that's why I think I can watch it again is because I want to be immersed back into the world of Gotham, and they're creating like multiple spinoffs of this as well to further explore you know Gotham like there's one that's going to be specifically about
0: the penguin, penguin.
2: I think yeah. is, is there going to be another one about um
0: they said there's gonna be one about the Gotham city police, yeah which really? like also sounds pretty fire. Mm-hmm.
2: And if it looks the same and if it feels the same, cause I also, I love the the, the, the music in this film. I thought the score was amazing. The way it yeah. looked, the way it felt like if these TV shows look and feel the same, like I'm going to be really excited.
1: I wouldn't get your hopes up. I mean, they're not going to have Greg Frazier DPing them. I mean, Greg <laughs> Frazier's the... <laughs> Greg, Greg Frazier's the guy. I mean, maybe he'll DP the pilot, but unlikely. I mean, he was the guy who DP'd both Dune and the Batman. Yeah. Um Oh my and- god.
0: I almost forgot that he did both... Damn, yeah. Greg Frazier is like <laughs> he's, yeah, he's really he's he is, the fucking heavyweight. He's, he's that dude right now. No. no he's yeah. 100% he's, that dude right now. Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean look the Batmobile sequence I don't know if I would say this is the, I have to think about it if this is like the most beautiful superhero superhero movie I've ever seen but the Batmobile sequence is probably one of the most well shot car sequences and the most innovatively shot that i've ever seen i think i think that sequence in particular is what really i mean there's some stuff like i i've never even seen a car crash there there's a moment where the car's just mounted on the penguins vehicle and the coordination of the pyrotechnics and the car crash behind him and to show batman's car coming through the rearview mirror i mean I I, that is one thing that just like the director filmmaker in me is just like, you know, like, how did he coordinate all of that? That is
1: wild. Yeah, I'm eager to to see that again, because I was so immersed in I wasn't even thinking about about the filmmaking. But yes, it was it was incredible. I would say for, for just strictly speaking about innovation, I don't think it I don't think it's as innovative as like. Uh, French Connection or The Matrix Reloaded or something like that. I mean, those were I The Matrix
0: Reloaded is still like... Come on. I mean, when you... Yeah, I mean, not to be like the film Connection, but like French
1: Connection like invented the the modern car chase, basically. There was like...
0: So, anyways. But this movie, the way that it's photographed is... Yeah. It's still... It's like... There are almost like no wide shots of the cars chasing each other. It's like... Almost every aspect of this chase is from a mounted shot. It's, it's kind of, and, and like from really shallow depths of field. And, and I, I think I had sent this to you both. It reminded me, and I'm like 99% sure that Greg Frazier went to that scene in Prisoners where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal oh. is, driving, is driving the little girl through the highway because that scene is, it, that's the only time that I've seen a scene. It, it, it's, a, it's a simple scene. But it, it, it's like the way that it's photographed is so unique, you know, like that it, it just places you in the perspective of where the car is at what point in time. And then the characters like literally how the character visually is seeing things. Cause Jake Gyllenhaal is like, right. he's been shot. So his vision is, 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 uh, is, is deteriorating and it's fading out and you only see the drops. So, so then in the Batman, it's like similar where you're just seeing like, the rain at one moment, and then you see like the top of his car, and you know like it's just like you're like literally only seeing it from these characters' points of view right from, from their eye level yeah, yeah, which is For pretty sure. wild
1: Justin, you were talking about the vividness of of Gotham and everything like that, or like uh, the way Matt Reeves made it seem feel real I, I think that's interesting i mean I, I'm not sure I totally agree i think it's I think it may be the most like elaborately realized or like immersive but to me it felt like a version of gotham that was imagined like a fantasy version and and not too dissimilar from like the kind of world that todd phillips created when he did the joker it was very thoroughly done i just don't know if it it didn't resemble a real city when nolan did his movies that was just chicago basically (laughs) I mean, <laughs> so like, <laughs> so, so it's like he just did modern day Chicago and like, to me, that's not, that's not as like interesting or immersive, but it yeah. did feel super real. And
0: then, and I, then I mean, Burton, well, when I say real out on, on Pinewood Studios I mean Burton, every shot of Batman Returns is just on a stage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Super, yeah.
2: definitely was the sound stage. You can tell. But I, I, when I say real, I don't mean far as like I can connect this to a real city, but real far as. It felt like the lore was was thought out enough that yeah. if you asked any question about it, you would get an answer to it.
0: I agree. No, I agree with you. I mm. yeah,
2: yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah, down to even like, uh, you know, like some of my favorite locations in the movie are like the coffee shop. Oh, coffee you shop know, was great. in in the Batman. You know, like the coffee shop felt you know that 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 sort of. Um, Edward Hopper looking, you know, like it's just, it was just, he really fully realized that world. I mean, it's always pouring rain. I mean, my God, they must've. Yeah. I mean,
1: if, I mean, if we're talking about influences and stuff like that, like I, I think he was going for like what comes to mind is blade runner and taxi driver. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like that's kind of atmosphere that he's going for. And I think, and also with the montages of the voiceover and being like, you know, it's very similar to Travis Bickle being like, um, or, yeah, one day a real rain will come and watch the scum off these streets. And, like, right. no, it does not get anywhere close to how fucking amazing those sequences are. But, like, I think he was trying to create more of a Travis Bickle or a uh, Decker. What's his Yeah, Decker. Yeah. Um, From Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah, the guy in Blade Runner. Like, that sort of Decker, urban... Yeah. That like just being part of the urban atmosphere and being like disillusioned with it, like almost got there, almost got there, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but it's, yeah. it's harder to do when, when like, cause I feel like with taxi driver and with Blade Runner, like literally th- those are their jobs. Like taxi driver is a taxi driver. He's an, he's an ant among ants. Same with Blade Runner. He's a cop among cops. Like just just punching the clock, you know he has to do another job, kind of shit. And like with Batman, it's like no, he doesn't have to be on the streets. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to live in a shitty apartment. So, so it's you can't just you can't just make that choice necessarily, which is I think why it doesn't work for a lot of people.
0: The one thing I loved about movies in the nineties, though, you know, is just like when a movie ended, it just ended. You weren't sure if there was going to be a sequel. They didn't need it. They weren't trying to tease anything. Yeah, The end of Batman Returns is just, it's just, it's kind of just a magical thing. And you see the Batman signal, Catwoman's head appears, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it's just clever. And it's like sort of poetic artfulness in that way. This movie, Reeves, I think he should have quit while he was ahead showing the Joker that was in dumb, that, dude that was like really really weak especially because we've seen a we've seen the Joker so many times but we've also seen the Joker teased in such incredible ways that to just have him in jail and saying and like this goes back to the script and saying one of the most obvious lines for the Joker saying you know something to the to the effect of you know like at one moment you're on top and then the next you're a clown and I was like all right <sighs> yeah and also,
1: I was saying this to Steph. The I was saying this to Steph the other day. Like, we we've we're we're, we're up to our neck in Joker's right now. Like, yeah, we've had like <laughs> we, we've had Heath Ledger, and then we had Jared Leto. Yeah, uh, you know, rest in peace. And. Uh,
0: <laughs> 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 and and the worst part is that Jared Leto actually and then we've had sorry and then, yeah go yeah. on go on go on no I'm just gonna cut it just quickly Leto actually redeemed himself with that last scene in the Zack Snyder Justice League cut he did he had that one scene in the apocalypse and and like Snyder brought him back and I was like oh, okay this is what that could have been. And then continue. How many more did we have after Leto? Joaquin
1: Phoenix. Then then we had Joaquin Phoenix, and that's not even counting. I mean, there's probably other video game things that I'm not aware of. Mark Hamill. But you want to count Mark Hamill? uh, Yeah, yeah. So, but but just from Joaquin Phoenix alone, it's like that was four years ago, and people are probably still wondering, like, oh, are they going to do another Joker? I mean, I hope they they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, they are. So so okay. So if they're doing another Joker, then why the fuck would they have a Joker in this movie? That's a different Joker.
2: So, so that I agree with that. So, I didn't have an issue with the Joker scene, but I had an issue with it in a way of like, we have too many Jokers now yes. that, like, <laughs> currently. All exist at the same time. Like, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, it's not even like it's okay, not even like all these franchises like still exist in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Like, it's yes. Completely different. Like we're rebooting it. No, this is like Earth One and Earth Two and Earth Seventy Five. Oh my God. And Earth Four Hundred and Twenty Two, and they all have a Joker, and we're all watching movies with them, and it's like, yo, chill out. Yeah, it's yeah. not like
0: it, No Way Home because Spider Man No Way Home works because like it's been ten years since, since Andrew Garfield. It's been twenty you know 15 20 years since toby maguire you know so like we've had nice distance but like with joker oof
1: there are other villains we don't need to do joker again he should move the fuck
2: on like joker's not even my favorite right like so but i i heard the sequel is going to not going to be about the joker i heard the sequel is going to be about uh mr, Freeze, it's about mr. Is fascinating. Yeah, really so then why sad. are they why are they bothering with the joke that is or? something i don't know i don't
0: know <laughs> it felt like I, a studio it felt it like a not. studio note like can you tease somebody yeah. or i i would have loved if they if he showed literally any other villain from the rogues gallery that scene would have worked for me okay. any and other villain the, that we haven't seen i would have been happy
2: yeah and then i heard the third one is going to be about the um What's it called? The something of owls? Um, oh, the
1: court of owls. The court of owls.
2: I think that's going to
1: be fire. Right. Who could, who could forget? Um, I, <laughs> I, um, um, <laughs> but like, I, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, yeah, I just think, oh yeah, you know what they're going to do? Is they're going to, they're going to, because you know how Joker in the Todd Phillips movie had all of those like Joker acolytes? And, like, all those, like, wannabes and stuff. Oh, yeah. So what I I think they're going to do is be, like, okay, the Joker was set in 1982-ish, and then this is set in, like, 2017 when they have social media or whatever. (laughs) And then then the Joker with, you know, some actor from the CW playing him (laughs) is going to be, like, the second-gen Joker who's not the real Joker but who's, like, someone's son who... You know what I mean? Like he's going to be like an acolyte of the Joker and like part of that legacy, but not the actual Joker. That's my. Right. right. That's that's
0: that would be the smart thing to do. But they shouldn't be doing the Joker at all. Like yeah, there's too many shouldn't. fucking Jokers. Like, I the actually, I personally, I would love to see them do Clayface. I know people say that that's like a really hard thing to do, but I think that if you do, you can do it in a world. And actually, I want to see. And it's a difficult thing for a filmmaker, but Clayface and Mister Freeze are two really, really unique villains that even visually, I think if you do it visually and and like horror and like you use like crazy practical and CG, people will be like, whoa, I have not seen that. That's
2: one thing I think Batman is missing and they're going to do it again after this. Let's be real. Give it another 10 years, they'll do some more Batman films. But the next trilogy of Batman films, what I want to see, because I think when they do Mr. Freeze, they're going to do something like... um, uh, uh uh i'm trying to think what's the uh like probably like something like someone like dexter like he's probably not gonna have superpowers but mm. what i want to see is batman i want to see the trilogy of batman go against people who have superpowers people who are stronger than him and you yes. actually see the creativity of uh. why batman because the the biggest joke of batman batman could be anybody with prep time and i want to mm. see films that actually do batman with prep time where like he's fighting people that like, how suit, right? how would you beat like how would you you're just a you're still a human, how would you beat this person? Like exactly. Especially because Batman isn't quite like Iron Man. Like he doesn't, he's not running around and uh, like this invincible. Indestructible
0: suit. suit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's different like that. But that's that's something I really want to see. And Mr. Freeze, I think, would be really dope, especially like the way they've done him in the in the animated series. Like I would love to see him like running from around a corner and like this ice blast comes out and it's freezing like the entire wall. Like Vision, oh. I think that would be dope. Or like, I wouldn't even see like man bat, like far as like people are comparing Batman to this creature and this actual, you know, uh, anthropomorphic bat creature exists and they don't know the difference between the two. And it gets this horror aspect of like him creeping in the, the Batman in the dark and this, this you know, this giant Batman creature like comes out of the shadows and like right. you really feel the horror aspect behind it. like. This it becomes like a monster movie at that point, and like that, yeah. that's the, that's something I would really love to see in a Batman film that they just don't do, and it's it's a very important aspect to who Batman is. I Completely is.
0: agree. But l- lastly, because this is such a masculine fueled series and and hero, can we just touch on the women in in, in both of these movies? Um, I mean, so you know you've got Michelle Pfeiffer playing Catwoman, and then you've got Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman in in the latest Batman. Um, both pretty fantastic. I mean, Zoe doesn't really get... Uh, it, not like an origin story. I mean, she's almost fully formed as Catwoman in this movie. Wait, wait, you're saying it's fully formed in Batman Returns? In the Batman, I felt like Zoe... You know, I, I know that everybody's uh, like... She was already oh, a but burglar, yeah. She's already a cat burglar. She kind of have her, has her outfit. She's got the cats, and she's mm. saying the quips and things like that, that that Catwoman should be saying. It didn't really... You know, it wasn't really like, this is... Like like the only thing she's missing is the whip. You know? I don't think she'll ever get the whip. I I feel like it's corny. the The whip is corny. Yeah. Well, I
1: don't know. For me, like it's such a different tone and it's such a different like approach, but but for me, the Batman Returns was such a riskier, more interesting idea of what Catwoman was, even though I I thought Zoe Kravitz was amazing and stunning and just like like honestly besides the ending thing that I'm talking about the thing that really like me, like mesmerized me about the movie was Zoe Kravitz like she's got yeah. serious star power and I thought and I thought the chemistry between them was good uh and all that but like as far as the why of Catwoman and all that stuff it doesn't to me it doesn't even compare to what they tried to do with or what they did with with uh, Batman Returns it was like and, and and honestly, it didn't make logical sense, but it was interesting to me. Like this woman who, who like has nine lives and like it was tried, like they tried to kill her and then she got some sort of concussion and then it changed her personality. Like it was just wild. Like it's, and I, and
0: for me, I, I, I would agree. I think that that's, that, that rendition, the Batman Returns rendition of Catwoman, just the story of Catwoman is so iconic in that movie. And, and yeah, it, it, it's sick. Yeah, it, it still, I think, is like... I mean, Zoe does a great portrayal, and Anne Hathaway was strong, too, I thought, in Dark Knight Rises, but I do, I, I actually think Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer... Maybe it's the writing of the movie, but I think that, like, it's everything, that Catwoman yeah. cat still comes on top for me I don't as, know. I, as an artist.
2: Honestly, I think Zoe is my favorite. You know, I've seen Zoe before this, and I was never really impressed by her acting, but this one, I felt she had a lot of charisma. I like the Michelle Pfeiffer one, but also... the the movie's goofy. Like it's a goofy yeah, yes. movie. And as yeah. interesting as her character is and, and, and how theatrical her character is and it's really well done. But like, I don't know, the goofiness doesn't like. I'm just like, yo, it's just so goofy. Like it it, right, it, right, right. it reminds me that it, it's very much Power Rangers. Like it could I feel like it could <laughs> exist in the same world as Power Rangers. Like it's you
0: know, kind like, of it's dark like, though. Like people actually die though in Batman Returns. I actually forgot that for for all of its whimsy that it actually does, like, it, there's still a tragic thing to it because, like, like she kills herself to kill Shrek, Max Shrek. You know, like, she, like, shocks, you know, she yeah. uses the electricity to kiss him so they could both die. And then, you know, and then the penguin also, like, there's a whole funeral pyre with the, the penguins kind of rolling him into the, the ocean. I was it, like, it wow, gets, like, this, yeah. is, this yeah. is pretty, yeah. Yeah. you know.
1: It, it, it gets oh, dark, oh, oh. but I think I think what Justin's saying, though, is that in tone and in spirit... It's yeah. so it's so zany and goofy that it just doesn't... It's it's nothing like the kind of like adult noir thing that Matt Reeves is tr- is trying to do. Like, right? I would
2: watch a TV show with this Catwoman and there's never been a time before that where I ever was like, you know what? I want a Catwoman movie. This is the first time I was like, oh, I would watch this.
1: I, I don't know about that because my... I, le- I think Zoe Kravitz was like my, like very electric in her presence, but... Did not have what I'm. What I'm saying is that there was no emotional engine,
0: really. I yeah, because so you didn't feel
2: like her losing her. I don't know. Was it her girlfriend? Her friend? I don't know who it, right? it was. Like,
0: like yeah. it, the way that we're even introduced to it her was, friend character is just like through his binoculars as he's just you know being a peeping tom watching the whole scene and like I like you don't really get a sense of their relationship there. It's just you know like you just it, it's just it's not deep enough.
1: I've realized what that what that was. To me, the most plausible explanation of that relationship is that she did have some sort of bisexual romance with her roommate, but they wanted to sell the movie in China, so that so they eliminated that as a as a concrete as story an actual, point. Right. And she Yeah. So she referred to her as her friend and stuff like that. But I they must have had some sort of like yeah. romantic entanglement. Or maybe they were just so close that they were like family, but it really but it, to, I don't know. It felt like there was something else going on.
0: Yeah, no, it did. I, I, but I, I, got that in a, in in just just being implied. But in terms of establishing that, like in in a writing in a writing and directing sense, I I, I had I cared so little about them finding. That that Russian, or I agree, or, or, or you know, no, I agree girl. with that. I, I didn't can, care I about, yeah, yeah, what I, happened
2: to her, yeah. Then that's and that's why I'm saying the emotional engine wasn't yeah. there. But I love Zoe being on screen though, like every time yeah. she was on screen, I was like, Oh, bring yeah. her back, bring her back. I like her, yeah, it, and, it was she's an interesting so choice, small, Sorry. petite, and slim. That like I'm not really attracted to her, like because she's like tiny person, <laughs> but in this one, <laughs> this I, one,
0: I was I, like, I oh. am attracted to her,
2: I was like, I see it now, like, I see. Like she had a ton of sex appeal in this one that I've never really felt from her in anything else I've seen her in. And I was like, wow, this is really impressive for her.
1: This is the male gaze the male gaze podcast. <laughs> We're gonna no. talk about, to talk about <laughs> our types. See, I like I like I like no, just kidding.
0: <laughs> oh my god. But uh, the, the, it was an interesting choice to make her the daughter, the daughter of Falcon. Though. That was yeah. That 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 was something you know. But now falcone has gone, so I mean, it sort of is what it is. I wish
2: he, I wish they didn't kill him. That was one thing I was like, I don't, know, I, I wouldn't have done that.
0: All right,
1: I want to yeah. I, I want to raise a, a quick ca- casting if you have time, Steph. I have I want to raise raise a casting issue. Yeah. Um, I looked briefly at Batman Begins. And um, I forgot that Falcone was a character in that. Oh, yes. But I'm yes. pretty sure. And the guy, correct me if I'm wrong, but Tom Wilkinson plays yes. Falcone, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. So there's that. And then in the new one, John Turturro plays Falcone. Exactly. Right? Both of those actors to me are not scary or intimidating at all.
0: At all. At all. I would say, I, I would to be honest,
1: poor, I would say poor casting in both cases.
0: Yep. Just straight yeah. up John Tortorella is so sweet and <laughs> yeah. Even even him try, you know, like I feel like they try to photograph him in low light and I was like I'm still like I'm just not like, feeling it I'm not feeling like, this bes- like
1: besides being besides being old and Italian. I feel like it, it couldn't have been a a, a worse ma- Match like yeah,
2: so I, I I was cool with the casting. I didn't I didn't think of him as being I didn't I feel like he didn't need to be the scary character in that way what I, what I do wish though is that if somebody crossed him like you would see like what would yeah. the repercussions Yeah, exactly. Be? I mean, it wasn't him as a makes. character. Like I think sometimes I think I find it really interesting is when you have these leaders of these mob bosses or like whatever this, the villain is the villain comes off in a way that he doesn't seem scary or intimidating because that's not his job. He doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. All the people around him are meant to be scary, intimidating. Very yeah, well he said, them to kill it's, the people. It's the way
0: that people react around him and they did not do anything to mm-hmm. create.
2: A, yeah, because he's scary... front facing like he walks the streets like oh, yeah. he can't be super scary because like how else would he have be able to be such a public figure? if he was like so menacing all the time. Like no, that. I'm
1: not saying, I'm not saying menacing or any of that stuff. I think maybe it's just, cause I know that actor I've seen him in so yeah, many things yeah. and he usually plays like kind of a bumbling <laughs> character. And so, but, but I'm not saying like intimidating or scary necessarily, but just like an executive type or like, like Tony Soprano, how it's like that guy is that guy's the boss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like,
0: I I think kind of I thing. think I, I agree though with, with Justin saying that that could have been rectif it could have been rectified yeah. if you just showed the repercussions of crossing him and and does that mean you get disappeared by somebody or you know like what are the stakes mm-hmm. of crossing or or you know speaking out because I mean yeah like the Riddler. Even when it came to when the whole the whole the the movie is like they're looking for who the rat is, and you never really saw them get rid of anybody that they thought was a rat. Only the Riddler was doing that, and I think that they could have shown yeah. something from 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 his side. Um, also, shout out to Colin Farrell. I mean.
2: Oh, Colin Farrell was amazing
1: in this movie. I I I, I just found out that Shut that up. was Colin Farrell today. You didn't
0: know that was Colin? <laughs> no, yeah.
1: I was like I was like, oh, they got some like new face to play the penguin. Like literally, I I mean, I had heard that and then I forgot it, and so I, I'm shocked. He I'm, was I'm so that,
0: that, was th- that is like I actually yeah, it's insane. I, I would give that an Oscar nomination. Yeah, like yeah, like it was it, it, sure. it was that good because it was just like. I, I mean, he was unrecognizable. I, I, I've, I don't even remember the last time I've seen any actor be so unrecognizable. I mean, my yeah. God, I could not see that homie. I and I was trying to in the IMAX. Mm. I'm like, but you know, it almost it, it almost as I'm watching it, like it, it was because it was amazing. But almost it felt
2: kind of disrespectful to me because I was like, wow. So we don't really need anyone to look like anyone anymore. Like it felt almost like blackface. <laughs> I was like, you. Just ah, look <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yo, you couldn't get an overweight man to do this role. You had to get like some super in shape, pretty white dude to do this, like and then you put him in ton of makeup at this point, like you don't need anybody to be anybody anymore. Like, That's a fact. Like <laughs> you I mean, could say anyone well,
1: it's it's a lot like Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney. Oh yeah 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 they're yeah yeah. They're very well like, said make this guy gain a hundred pounds and make his hair. Like it's weird, yo, but it's also like, I don't know.
0: I mean, you can make an argument for this being even more unrecognizable than Dick Shane. Oh, Cause like, yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. yo, you still Yeah. See I, exactly. see Christian. And you still see Christian like acting and doing the quirks. I Colin It's like, yo, where is he? Where's and, your and face? Was, but you know, even
2: outside of the makeup, like the prosthetics was, I thought was amazing, but yeah. I thought his performance, even if he didn't, have all that crazy makeup on i really also his thought his performance, performance was, was amazing so, was so
0: funny um, like yeah. when they caught the him accent, and then, yeah. just like oh. the
2: little subtle things about him the way that he was he was always looking at everyone else because like he has these aspirations yeah, to be bigger like he doesn't like where he is at in the gang and like he resents everyone because they don't respect him the way that he wants to be respected like I really felt that from that character
0: hey Danny you did your thing Danny did your thing too you know he's standing on the shoulders of Danny's performance but like it's still um, yeah that that was fantastic
1: yeah I don't to be honest though now that I like I'm impressed that Colin Farrell disappeared into it but as as a performance as a character I don't think I was compelled like while I was watching like I don't agree I mean I wish I did cuz like that's sick but I I don't think I I don't think I really got that sense of of who he, he was, well, I was just the like, the
0: oh. writing was not there for that I mean you know maybe, like maybe. It, it, yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. there they didn't even make cobblepot be that in, in I mean again this is going back to intimidating because Batman just goes into the club throws him against the wall and is asking him questions. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. And you're like, all right. So Kabupat is just, you know, it's just kind of around. And then even the but car I chase. I don't he think was of like, him as being
2: you know. an intimidating guy. I don't think that was the goal for him. I think he was always, he was meant, his character, he always felt small in all his scenes. Like, and that's why he was always kind of quippy and, and jokey because like his way of thriving, even though he was like, you know, because he's, he's, he is like this overweight, not strong person that yeah. you know he gets pushed around he gets bullied like he's a victim in himself and i, I like that scene because it showed like yeah everyone kind of does this to you and you can't really do anything about it and like you don't like it but like you're just kind of you just got to hold this l because that's what you are you're a giant l of a person
0: right right and these are some fire movies uh, you know i mean the batman visually is so dope um and
2: you know as a as a filmmaker the whole time I'm thinking about it, I was like yo it looked like they took a whole day to shoot every single shot like yeah I know what you mean about,
0: I'm just thinking about especially like
2: me sitting there like as a VFX artist when I'm on set and I'm just waiting for art department and and production to like set up the scene and like you know calibrate the lights and get the angle and, and lens and put all the props in and you know all these different things and like it takes hours and hours and hours and i'm just looking at it, i'm like it had to take my whole day for every single shot it just looks like right. how do you get that specificity in like composition and color and, and 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 obviously like it has a lot to do with the grade as well but it it looks like they put a lot on it on set and like it already looked amazing because they lit that thing like no one else. Cause could ever yeah.
0: I mean, it's like you said, like they shot it at a, they shot it at like perfect times a day. And then B, I mean, just, just in coordinating just the atmospherics, you know, I, I think like, and again, like Matt, Matt does a really good job of staging him If we're talking about his planet of the apes movies, oh yeah, you know, like just the way that he knows how to stage the subjects in front of the camera. I love mm-hmm. that. He, he like really, you know, he, he takes, he takes, I think Justin, um, you know, like we had spoken previously about this, about like how he fills his compositions with, I mean, like, like in the Batman, there's so many bodies in it. Oh, you know, I love,
2: like, I, that was one thing I like, loved like about that, the film. That's a yeah. really, really yeah.
0: unique, there's so many yeah. bodies. And then the way he's lensing it, he's using, he's using anamorphic lenses, but so shallow, so shallow. Like, I guess, right. I guess they're opened up all the way. And then so because they're opened up all the way, then they have to like, that's why the movie is shot in mostly low light because the the, the lenses are opened up, you know, so you can get that shallow shallowness. But like it, it, that, that I mean, the only person who does stuff like that is Fincher. You know, Fincher's the only person who will like, you know, I remember, because I'm obsessed with the social network and I'm saying that like he shot the entire social network um, uh, at, at f F2.2, you know so like fully opened so that every you know he just wanted every shot and so they had to compensate you know like for the for the lighting in certain scenes that's crazy to make to make sure that um that the depth of field was consistent wow anyways yeah batman is a myth uh that the world still uh you know just loves and 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 he enjoys in our hearts and uh, excellent work uh from from the the master filmmaker tim burton and Matt Reeves, hey, you made some master. Hey, and also, yeah.
1: like, and and since you mentioned it, shout out to fucking Dawn of and War of Planet of the Apes. Those are fucking Five. great movies. Oh yeah, God. amazing. And it, and I think and a lot of people resist them because yes, they're not. They, not they want Yeah, it's like, oh, well, why do I watch CGI apes? Yes, it's like watch watch I, CGI apes. The first one is kind of whack.
2: Oh, I first. like the first one. The first well, one works, a,
1: it's, so it's a solid. It's a, it, it,
2: <laughs> I, I feel like it's I feel like it, the first one is is like if you want to learn how to be a filmmaker watch the first one it has a great three act structure that's like yeah, it's solid. like yeah. this is what you do if you want to learn the basics this is what you do and I thought I did everything very well and it hit all those moments well and then the second the third one is like all right now you know how to be a filmmaker I'm gonna show you how to be a great filmmaker and it yes. really took it to the next level yeah
0: i I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate that it's not ever mentioned in the pantheon of great movie trilogies because it is... I mean, the way that it ends is fucking fantastic. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and borderline biblical. Yes. The third one is, like, biblical. You know, yes. like, the way that... He...
2: he yeah. Come on.
0: Um, but that's... <laughs> We can we can do another Apes convo. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's do.
1: We'll bring Justin back for the Apes. I know. Oh, I actually, love those movies. We because I've actually we should do is watch the original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston. Oh, then. I have. I watched it recently. I I've never seen it. Wow. I I could, I could, could watch re-watch. that. We can watch that re-watch. and then talk about the
2: tr- trilogy. be uh. disappointed. They're not as
1: good as. No, I'm not. I'm not expecting
2: it to be great. And the but, sequels yeah. get straight up goofy. The the, the next two ruin the first one like the first one you said? <laughs> the next two is like yeah you just ruined the watch. first but, one but the it's first that
0: bad. the first original planet of the apes the one thing that it has is probably one of the greatest movie twists in film history oh absolutely right? which absolutely. is which is i mean like now it's you know it's been done so many times but like them realizing that they're not on another planet and it's Earth. Yeah, it's like, they're oh, Earth. okay fire you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. that is that's a dope but but no, that that conversation we might need to do a three a three hour podcast for that one because <laughs> oh there, it, it's also something I would love to do because I I there's so much that I I want to say about the Planet of the Apes series that like I just haven't been able to because not enough people have seen it. There we go. And mm-hmm. yeah, so ladies and, and gentlemen, it, I think we'll what's be back. interesting
2: about the Batman is that you know the fact that it's the same director. I'm interested to see how his how his trilogy goes because right, right. he does have such a strong. Resume. If you look at his previous films, and I really think he's building into something special, the same way that he did with the planning. I, I really think he, he yeah. the planning films show that he's, he really thinks about what he's doing. Yeah. And I believe in like what he's going to do next with this, um, this Batman trilogy. So I'm really excited for what Matt Reeves has next for us. And um, I'll definitely, I'm definitely going to go to the theaters and see it.
1: Also worth mentioning Matt Reeves and Burton both did planet of the apes movies. Burton got his shot at That's planet of the right. apes. Which one did?
2: Two thousand one. Yeah, the two thousand one Planet a, of the Apes. It was like right. a. It was a
1: reboot called Planet of yeah, the Apes. Yeah, 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 that's you right. You never saw that? I saw. Was it.
2: that the one with um? It's Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Oh,
1: yeah, and was Helena Carter. Whack. It's 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 pretty bad.
0: Whack, it's pretty fucking yeah. bad. Hey, Burton, <laughs> Burton, you tried, you know, yeah. and he covers but, the bases. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and yes. we love you guys so much. And uh, please tune in to our next episode. Later. up. Thank you. Man, thanks, Peace out. Thank you.